You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Okay, so Mortal Kombat, here we go. I'm excited. This is something I've been waiting for since 1997 with the horrible Mortal Kombat Annihilation. We're coming back with the reboot, reimagining Mortal Kombat. I'm excited. I'm a big Mortal Kombat fan. Eric, how the hell are you doing? I think not as excited as you are. Excited, yes, but... You have followed this a lot more than I have, and I'm excited to be the one to ask you all the questions. You are the expert in, the, oh, in this you. realm here. So this is going to be great. I have played this as a kid in arcades and in the stand-up cabinets and for Super Nintendo. I had Super Nintendo. Other people had Sega Genesis. So I had the slime while they had the blood. Mm-hmm. Um, for the the sweat, the sweat, not the or, or whatever, time. yeah, for the effects of the video game, and I had played one, two, and three, respectively. Mm-hmm. They were wonderful games. I just remember one of those. Those are like probably one of the first games that I would stay up late for to to play. But um, I'm excited to talk about this, Jordan. So I'm really I, excited to talk about this. I had set the the bar a little high on this one. How about you? Uh, extremely high. Uh, when I saw that James Wan was producing it, who cares about the director? You know, we don't need a fucking Christopher Nolan to uh, to helm a Mortal Kombat film. Uh, but I was excited about the director, uh, about the producer James Wan, and I was excited about the actors because finally we're actually getting Japanese and Chinese actors and actresses playing these characters because. It's based in Japanese Chinese mythology, so I really, really was interested to see what they were going to do here, uh, and they did not disappoint. The fights, hands down, right off the bat, just boom, guns out. The fights in this, just the fucking nineteen ninety nine film, the original, does not hold a candle to the fights in this. The, the, these fights are amazing. Yeah, um, I'm happy that uh, the production company got your letters about uh, not whitewashing the movie, Jordan, and. <laughs> It did add uh, a lot of flavor to the movie here. Uh, just, it didn't help that uh, no matter what, all the acting was bad around. Um, mm-mm, mm-mm. I, I, mean, I, I'm just, I, I was just going to say it out loud. Just, just go ahead and see what the what the feel is like uh, in the room here. That we expected a like the, like the Expendables. Okay. I expected to go in there and just see some, a- or or Godzilla versus Kong, just some right. ass kicking action, and I got some ass kicking action, and it didn't need to be good acting, and it sure wasn't. This movie played like a Van Damme film, so very much so. But I would like to argue that the uh, Hanzo and Bihan, which would be Scorpion and Sub Zero, uh, I thought those two were really really well. I wish. The entire movie, uh, controversial or being not trying to be controversial, I wish the entire movie was just Hanzo and Bihan because that opening, uh, stinger, if you will, or whatever you want to call it, uh, when um, Bihan kills Hanzo's wife and child. Let's, and so let's go over it. Fun. This is how let's the movie, this is how the movie yeah. opens it opens this, up with that, Hanzo in, in a family shot. That's amazing. Sure. That's amazing. That should have been the whole film. Like, that was so freaking good. We're in some uh, ancient Japan, and 
1600s. Uh, the character Hanzo leaves, and then a assassin uh, from the Lin Kuei, Lin Kuei, Lin Kuei uh, tribe or Chinese. Clan. Chinese. Uh, Let's see what? Yeah, it's Chinese. And then Hanzo is Japanese. Uh, yeah, so they they have some um, secret kind of hate towards each other. We have yet to know about their history that's revealed in the movie. It's just pretty much known that they're looking for, that they know each other. Almost that uh, he expected this, or they both expected this. And so I'm excited to, to get more of that. We might see that more as this series continues, right? I mean, I, I definitely doubt it. Uh, the trilogy... Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3 in the games have spelled it out very quickly. Bihan, who is Sub-Zero, is a Chinese uh, gang, if you want to say it like that. Hanzo, who is Scorpion, is, is a part of Japanese gang. They hate each other, Chinese-Japanese, that whole thing, hate each other. Uh, this beginning is 100% true to the game story. This is exactly what happens. Um, so I was really excited to see it, and I loved how Scorpion got his spear very good. So much better than having this living thing coming out of the palm of his hand because it never was that in that 1995 movie. It was always a spear with chains. Happy as hell. Uh, this opening is hook, line, and sinker. Great. I, I went back and watched it a handful of times. Actually, I, I have too. This opening really set the pace for the rest of the movie in that it was violent as fuck. There was blood mm. at every swap. He didn't miss. Mm -mm. Dude was on point and just was able to hit with with grace, fashion. It was impressive. It was real cool. I love the effect of it. It just, you know what I mean? It just had like this power of, of him just really getting pissed off and motivated because obviously his wife and son were just killed in his own home. And he's just going off. It was a really cool, uh, cathartic thing to watch. And uh, just to have him try to find uh, Bihan and uh, for that showdown. It was it was a really good scene, very very good scene. Uh, what breaks your heart too is that uh, Bihan pretty much destroys him, and Hanzo is uh, hearing the cries of his child that's in the floorboards because they were hiding the child away from Bihan, and he's vomiting blood as he's trying to reach out to the child, and he officially dies and gets taken to the nether realm, and that's when Raiden comes in to take the infant child, which I believe was a daughter. Then the movie gets into bullshit territory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did we get into we get from really really great opening to to some bullshit? Um, so we go from 1600 Japan to modern day. Um, okay, we'll go right off the bat. We got Sonya Blade and Jax, who are partners. That's well, you're, you're, you're jumping the gun a little bit, but go ahead. Well, well there's, there's a reason. Sonya Blade and Jax are partners. They're part of Special Ops. Sonya Blade, when they were taking down a guy years ago, saw that he had special powers. So for years, her and Jax have been figuring out that there's this tournament called Mortal Kombat. And they discover that people have these birthmarks, which is really, really stupid to have the Mortal Kombat symbol. We'll get into that later, probably. <laughs> but if you have the symbol, you have a special power to do whatever special power you do. Now, why they're doing that, we get into a brand new character that's not a part of any game at all. We get into Cole Young, who was 
pretty much a retired MMA fighter. And that sounds has, like it, his name sounds like a porn star. Oh, it's Tur- Cole Young. This he is the worst part of this movie. His not only he, but his character is a bad part of the movie. His family is a bad part of the movie. The story <laughs> is a bad part of this movie. Everything Cole Young. I even told you that, Eric, a little behind the scenes when I called you. And did you see the Mortal Kombat trailer? You're like, no, I don't do trailers. Remember, dude? I'm like, yeah. I was like, yeah, this Cole Young guy, because they showed him in the trailers. I'm like, no, this is stupid. Don't do that. Don't just bring in a new character because he does absolutely nothing. Um, but Cole Young uh, loses a fight and a cage fight, and his daughter's there, and his wife won't watch it, and they're eating supper, and then boom, plot doesn't matter, nothing matters, out of nowhere, it's starting to get icy, and here comes Sub-Zero to kill Cole Young. Why? Because they're trying to break the rules. Shang Tsung is the, eh, not the ruler, but he is the right-hand man. Sorcerer. Sorcerer, but he's the right-hand man of Shao Kahn, who was the ruler of Outworld, and he wants to break the rules of Mortal Kombat and destroy all of Earth champions before the tournament begins. So again, the plot sucks. But before we get into Jax and Sub-Zero, you agree, right? This Cole Young character is very poor. Very, uh, very poor. Yeah, I'm not really a, a fan of it. Um, he, I don't really feel for him or his character at all. Um, you know, Lewis Tan... The guy who plays Cole, I, he he did what he could, but I, I don't think there was much there. So I'm not putting it against him. His wife, however, was just god awful. Like, oh god, jeez! Like the daughter is is whatever. Fine, like she had some real cheesy lines, but then again, everyone did. I'm talking real cheesy, you know, like toaster ass, fucking plain dry lines. There was a, a part where Sonya Blade said, "Now you listen to now now you listen here, Kano." Or something like that. It's just like, wh- what? That's an actual line from that movie. A-, a tough girl. Now you listen here, Jordan. You know, well, it's like, what the hell? Kind of a... How is it different from the 1995 movie, right? I mean, that was full of cheesy lines. But go with go with Cole Young. When I saw the first trailer, I knew he was going to be shit. I hope a lot of Mortal Kombat fans that are like me, that are uber nerds with Mortal Kombat, know that this Cole Young character is going to be shit. His wife is written poor. His daughter's written poor. Like, everybody who is listening, if you've seen this movie, then you know what I'm talking about. If you've not seen this movie, I hope you haven't yet by listening to this recording, because follow along. This is exactly what happens in a plot. And Eric, bear with me. Cole loses a fight. He goes to a diner the next scene from losing a fight with his wife and daughter. They're inside the diner while his daughter's outside drinking hot cocoa, right? And then all of a sudden no, it's she— It's July. It's July. It's in the middle of summer, and she goes, hey, it's starting to freeze. And then everybody around the diner is like, huh, it's starting to get cold outside. It's snowing. Why is that? And then a masked man in blue and black comes out of nowhere and starts shooting ice spears at people, killing quite a few bystanders. And then a stranger drives by Cole, who he barely met, and says, get in. 
a la Terminator style, and all three members of the family get in without even questioning, without even having a question of who are you, what is going on. He just says, I'm here to protect you, deal with it, and then all three members of the family believe him or like, okay. Like, just so poorly written. That, just uh, dry. Tell the, me that did not happen. The Sub-Zero snow destroyed the outside of that restaurant completely, but it left no mark on the car. car was uh, able no. to, to take the heat, no problem. car was damaged. There, there was, I, I noticed some damaged spots, but okay. Okay. The little ding, all those little dings on the side there? Hey, it was something. All right. Tell me that plot wasn't bad. Just no, no, no. I, as I was rewatching it, I was laughing at it. Just, just, it's just, just no kind of, you know, silly. And maybe they're just kind of, I don't know if it's, it's the Mortal Kombat curse or if this was intended. I think it's neither. I think it's somebody that's trying to. This movie, and I've, and I've seen it twice, and I thought about it today. This movie is the 2002 Resident Evil movie. The very first one. That's exactly what this movie is. And what I mean by that is that Resident Evil movie, although not great, but arguably probably the best out of the whole franchise, right? Mm -hmm. Didn't stay true at all, only with hints. That's exactly what this movie is. This is 2002 Resident Evil. Hey, hey, we know the games happened, and we're going to try to pay homage to it, but we're just going to make up our own bullshit and add Cole Young for no reason and give him a very stupid superpower at the end. Because. Yeah. So it, it, that, it, it, that it, whole part, too, of, of having to unlock your superpower like some sort of X gene. That's fine. Yeah, do you, you know? Uh, well, you think that was fine? Yeah, because I'm a big fan of the games and having because they say that Earth Realm they basically which, leveled up on on screen. Well, I mean, yeah, because what it is is that they say that Earth Realm needs to defeat Outworld. If they don't defeat them, then Outworld's going to overtake Earth Realm. So then you have characters in the first game like Luke Kang, Kano, Sonya. You have a lot of human characters, Johnny Cage who are human characters, but somehow they have superpowers, like fireballs and lasers out of the eyes and super kicks. So this movie is trying to create logic in an illogical situation. Yes. And I will totally give them a mulligan for that. Every movie deserves a mulligan. you got to give me something so I can be entertained, because that's the whole point. So you're going to say that there's this thing uh, that you have a birthmark or you're born with, so you can unlock your special power. Stupid, but that's your mulligan. Okay, I will give you the mulligan. I'm okay with it. I mean, it's sure. Not great, but I'm okay. I, I I agree with you. It's like you know that's your explanation. Um, and they were unlocked during extreme situations. Right. What I'm not okay with is Kano being a good guy until the end of the movie. Kano has always been a bad guy. He killed Sonya's partner in the game and that's why she goes to the tournament to defeat him that actually is a part of the first movie but what i really am upset about is saying is shang Tsung sends in reptile to face kano cole young and sonya i hate this reptile this was disgusting to me 
We it was an actual lizard instead of in the game it was just kind of a, a green variation. A green a green dyed Sub Zero or Scorpion. Obviously because the model looked the same for both characters. One was just dyed blue, one was dyed yellow orange, and then Reptile was dyed green. And then you had other characters like Noob Sabat, which was just kind of colorless. And then it you was had black, sp- yeah. And then you had Smoke, who is gray, but with the uh, smoke effect coming out of it. Mm. You know, and then they used the robots were basically all the same. Model which too. Smoke becomes a robot as well. Um, so they did not bastardize the mythology, which kind of sucks. Eric is. My reptile, who I love, is the original trilogy. It's the green ninja, right? That looks like, like you said, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, right? Yeah. Uh, but later games, starting with uh, Red, uh, starting with um, Mortal Kombat Deception, which was the fifth game. No, sorry, Deadly Alliance was the fifth game, and then Deception was the sixth game. Reptile begins to become more reptilian in his form, to where now the newest games, Mortal Kombat 10 and Mortal Kombat 11, he straight up looks like this movie. And I'm just like, God, that... It, 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 it doesn't do it for me. I want a guy in a green ninja suit. That's what I want. I didn't get it, because that's what the games are doing now, so fuck it. He had all the reptile powers. Eh. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I mean, not. just like those other fighting games, you kind of have to add that... Um extra element to it you know the 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 blanca from street fighter you know nice so raider comes into play and first of all i think this rating is better than christopher lambert that's just my oh yeah absolutely oh my god his christopher lambert that is his lambert or lambert i've always said lambert but it could be lambert christopher lambert i lambert. mean it, yeah, I mean, is it Colbert or Colbert, right? Sure, sure, sure. Um, but his was always cheesy. Like, he had that weird voice. He was always mm-hmm. looking, you know what I mean, head down looking up type of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was just kind of like this creepy stare, and he didn't he didn't do much, you know? They're, they're, Raiden is a god, right? He's, he is he is a thunder god that's job is to protect Earth. He's Thor. He has a lair um, somewhere on Earth that apparently Kano conveniently knows where that is. Even though Sonya had said nobody knows where that is. Well, no, he was clearly lying. What are you talking about? They they flew a plane like basically right in the world. They he was what maybe twenty miles off. I'd say that's a pretty good. You know what I no, mean? No, no, actually, actually, dude, I'm not bullshitting you because that's how dense this movie is. Like he said, I know where it is. She offered him millions of dollars to go find uh, the Earth Realm Fighting Temple, is what it is, and that's just where Raiden is housed. And he's like, I'll take you there. I've smuggled drugs through there. Well, one clearly never has once we see the temple. And then two, when they land, when they jump out of the plane, she goes, "How far away for? How far away are we?" He goes, "I don't know, twenty days, twenty-five days, thirty-five days. We'll see." I mean, but so, he had already established himself to be this jokester, you well, know. That's, that's yeah. and that's really what he is. The the entirety of the, of the movie, his character is this very sarcastic, very 
background joker. And it, you know what? He's actually pretty funny. He's entertaining. I'll give him that. You know, he, yeah. he kind of helped swallow the pill of this movie. Which I actually blame the 1995 movie for this characterization of Kano because Kano in the games was never like this at all. He actually is a part of the Black Dragon clan, which is against Cabal. Cabal and him are mortal enemies, a la Scorpion Sub-Zero. Cabal is another character from, from one of the Mortal Kombat games. Number, number three, yes. And they're mortal enemies, so why that happens later in the film, I don't know. But he was never a jokester in the games. He was always this guy that you feared. So we'll move on from that. Um, but we get to Raiden's Temple, and they start training for Mortal Kombat. We meet Liu Kang and Kung Lao. I was happy as hell to see Kung Lao. We have not seen Kung Lao before, so I'm really excited to see it. I don't like that he's here, though. Makes no sense to the story, but we'll go on. Luke there, Kang, he's Liu Kang's cousin. Right, but in the last Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat, the eighth time, so prior, he he lost to Goro. I mean, he got his limbs pulled apart from Goro. So anyway, this Liu Kang's a bitch. I'm sorry, his moves are cooler, but he does not hold a candle to the original Liu Kang in 1995. Shoot me, I don't care. I don't like this Liu Kang at all. He's my favorite character besides Sub-Zero. I hate this guy. I don't not like him. Do not like him at all. Did you like him? I hated him. The monk Liu Kang, he seemed to be uh, odd. He was, you know what I mean? Like, his actions were very weird. I, don't, I didn't mm -hmm. understand kind of what he was trying to do. He would make, like, you know what I mean? Like, those arm movements where he just, like, pulls his arm out and be like, this is Raiden's room. So, okay, like, what the hell are you, you know? Even the characters, uh, like, Kano even was reacting, like, what, you know, like, what the hell is, what the fuck is this? You know? 100%, dude. Because it, it, it really was, it really was strange. So, I found him to be just that all the same. Uh, a, a tough guy, sure. And he had some great action scenes. We got some fan service from him. And, well, basically, this entire movie after the training scene or maybe at the training scene actually from the rest of this movie it was just nothing but sweet sweet fan service absolutely it was nothing but sweet fan service compared to the first one it, it's just if you're gonna have luke kang in the movie who was your hero in the original trilogy of games i mean you would do more with this character than what they've given us I mean, he won the first three games, the first trilogy. I, I just, it just boggles my mind uh, that they would treat him like this. Well, it to just... be fair, uh, Jordan, um, this movie, though called Mortal Kombat, we don't actually see Mortal Kombat. Yeah, which is another disappointing part, too, which is at the end. Like, it made no sense. But why we're waiting for that to happen, we, we skipped upon it, but but Jax, who was Sony's partner, goes against Sub-Zero, gets his arms frozen and broken off, and then, boom, somehow Raiden finds him, or I'm sorry, Liu Kang finds him, takes him to Raiden's temple, and they're putting robotic arms on him, which, okay, that's, that again, that doesn't, what that's not what happens in the original story, but We'll go with it, Eric. He said um, they borrowed materials from another realm. Yeah. So just to the fuck serve... is, so they can realm jump. No. So what? Okay. So just to just to serve my nerdum, Jax first appeared in Mortal Kombat Two, the game. Mm -hmm. He lost. Doesn't mean that he dies. He just lost a fight. 
So when Shao Kahn breaks the rules in Mortal Kombat 3, the game, and comes to Earth, he wants to win. So he puts cybernetic, cybernetic metal over his arms. He can take his he can take the metal on and off anytime he want, like a fucking shirt. And I was just like, oh God, what why why does this have to happen? Like just oh. <laughs> I mean, this was a weird Jax. You know I did not like him. The character looked cool. Like, don't get me wrong there, and the final result where he gets his the Jax arms, the actual Jax arms. Because he's a fan favorite. Everyone likes Jax. He's just a dope character, right? Big old fucking metal arms, man. Right. You know? Um, but it was just kind of weird that they gave him, like, these chicken bone arms. And then his secret power, when it was unlocked, turns his arms into, like, some Iron Man shit, you know? Which is really stupid. So that means that we're going on with the Terminator you know, um, analogy. There's no fate for what we make. So meaning that it was fate for him to lose his arms so he can get his power to get cyber arms. Really stupid. Yeah, that's uh, that's some deep shit there, Jordan. I, I don't know if... Yeah, yeah, sure, I guess. Or what no, if... Well, no, what, what, what no, no, well, hold on, because what if... Now go with me on this, you son of a bitch. What if um, he had his arms and when he got his power unlocked, his arms didn't turn mechanical. They just turned into like, like, like Bucky Barnes or like Colossus arms, you know? I mean, they could have, but they didn't. So I'm co- I mean, that's a very good, interesting point. But because from what that would be telling dope. me, you could, you could just like, you know what I mean? It would just kind of clunk down like plate armor. Right. And he would just have like, you know, just, that would be pretty cool. Either way, man, Jax is such a cool character. Jax has always been a fun character. He's been a part of the franchise since number two, so he's a long-standing character, and that's good to have him here. Uh, Shang Tsung brings in Cabal and Melina. Melina and Cabal are definitely two head-scratchers for me. If there's Melina, then there has to be Katana, which, speaking of her, there's a lot of Easter eggs in the background in the Raiden Temple. You got you got Kotokan's head statue. You got Katana's uh, fans. That's interesting. Why they bring in Melina and not her clone twin sister Katana? I was under trying to understand why they didn't do that. Um, Yet another model that they just changed colors on, basically in the game. But in the movie, doesn't matter, right? She's wearing an all black suit, and her face has like a Joker smile to it until at the end, where I guess that was supposed to surprise the audience. But I was wondering the whole time where was her big teeth mouth? But it was a cool effect. It was a cool effect because I was waiting for it, so it was nice. So now we get more head-scratchers. So Shang Tsung is going to break the rules of Mortal Kombat, and he's going to invade Raiden's Temple, and his goons are going to fight. Rico, Natara, Goro, and Cobal. All right. Nerd stuff. Rico, or Rikio, however you want to call it, was introduced only once and once only in Mortal Kombat 4 as a ninja, not as a sledgehammer-wielding, muscle-bound idiot. So why, I, I don't know. Uh, Natara was not even a fighting character. She was introduced in Mortal Kombat 6, Deception, and she's never been back since. 
Cabal was introduced in Mortal Kombat 3, and he hasn't been back until the remake of Mortal Kombat 9. Why bring these characters in? Instead of Rico, Nataro, and Cabal, you should have, I don't know, Katana. Well, I, I think you're just making your it easy right there, Dar, because these are, are killable characters. You know, these, these are forgettables. These are one-and-dones. You know, uh, even Nightwolf only got uh, a picture in a, in a book or on Sonya's wall. But he's know? not a forgettable character, though. Uh, and neither are the characters that you mentioned. I happen to like Cabal a lot. I thought he was a dope character. I played. He was one of the, I think, the first character I beat Mortal Kombat 3 with. Oh, nice. So that's why he's special in my book, you know. Uh, but to... Uh, have them in here, I guess it would make sense just so they could be killed. And boy, were they killed. Oh, uh, boy. Oh uh, we got God. some fatalities here. Yeah, Natara gets the gets the, gets the famous uh, Kung Lao spinning hat through her body kill. Great, great fatality. Love gets, that one. Gets halved long ways. Mm -hmm. Right. So here's another issue that I have. So so, Reco Rico was fighting Jax on a bridge, right? That is the famous pit yeah. from the three Mortal Kombat games. Why didn't he knock him off and throw him down the bed of spikes? This is a rated R movie. That's the stage fatality of the pit. That's Why would you, you not wanted. do That's that? That's what I was hoping for. I'm not I was hoping. Lie. I mean, like, I was like, oh my God, he has his metal arms. They're on the pit. Clearly, this is the pit. You know, he's going to uppercut him. Boom, fall. Why didn't they do that, dude? Yeah, that, I don't know why they they didn't do that. And that's disappointing because, well, just for that, because that would be really dope, man. Like, that would, that would have been the thing that we all wanted to see. Disappointing? It's a goddamn sin. Yeah. I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, you don't introduce a famous stage in a Mortal Kombat game and not expect them to do a stage fatality. Yeah, they even did stage changes in the first one. Right. I mean, come on. It's like the acid pit in number two. Like, you were supposed to uppercut them into the acid pit, and they come back as as as, as a skeleton. I mean, they, come on. Like, what are you doing? Just utterly disgusted with them on that. Um, Eric, I don't know if this is controversial or not. Is it just me, or, or is Goro in this movie a bitch compared to the first movie? Goro in this movie is a bitch. Not okay, only... This girl get little to no screen time in this in this movie. Uh, he doesn't get any lines, and that's fine too. We didn't need him talking like we did in the first one, making no. those weird noises. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, whatever the I'm not even gonna try to make them. Um, but uh, to have him introduced so quickly by Shadow, and then we get him in one fight scene, and he comes out of a barn. That Cole Young was, by the way, he has a hideaway house. If I had an idea for a movie, Jordan, I would call it cliche. And I would put a whole bunch of cliches in the movie. You know, I mean, like just typical stuff that you would see in the movie type of thing. You know, where people are able to get somewhere really fast, you know. Or, you know, hanging up the phone without saying bye. Or unlimited ammo in the clip of the gun. You know, just kind of certain things like that and it would just be repeated one of them would be the that there is always a hideaway house conveniently just located in the woods of some of some weird off the grid fucking place they're able to get there they have access to it and it's a, there's always a safe house 
every every time there's always a safe house. This is a safe house because it got attacked twice though by Goro and Sub Zero. Yeah, I I, I get you. I mean, there was it was pretty uh, convenient for them. I mean, they're in a big enough spot there. But Goro obviously just teleports there. Excuse me, or gets teleported there, and they fight, and he gets punked by the new guy, um, who discovers his power as he's getting his ass kicked. Right, he discovers his power as a golden suit. That's it. That yes. is it, folks. The new character that they pulled out of their ass is literally a guy who gets a superpower of a golden top half of his body. He's he's able. That's his, it. He's able to take a beating, Jordan. That's that's it. it. That's his superpower. Like they oh kind God. of forementioned in one of his boxing matches or something like that. Uh, and I just and love that's his, his power. Family. His power is to take a beating. Oh, yeah. Love his family. I, I, I want to marry his wife because she's just sitting there chilling, trying to protect their daughter. My husband's been missing for days because he's been ranting about people that shoot snow out of their hands. All of a sudden, he shows back up by lightning, and then this giant dragon four-armed dude comes in and attacks and hurts the family, and she doesn't question it one iota. It's no, just, oh, so painful. Yeah, just, nor, nor does she change the wardrobe either. But I guess they didn't bring oh any clothes. My, oh, God, Eric. Like, I don't know. I don't know who I was more mad at because this family. Oh, my God. Yeah, it just seems like, um, well, I, that was his trigger, right? Them being in danger and getting his ass kicked. He just kind of just, you know, unlocks the <laughs> unlocks the power. <laughs> yeah, no, you like, don't touch them. You know, no. it's just oh, just absolutely miserable. Oh, and and he just unlocks the power, and he also gets these like like these Billy sticks too. These these little right. clubs. That and he of course, can, he can do he can one. Of, there's like sharp edges to him, and he can do pokey stabby stuff with them. And I like that pokey stabby stuff. And then we also get his daughter. The first thing she says to him is not, Dad, why is there a four-armed, ten-foot dragon guy in our yard? She says to him, no, she doesn't say that. She goes, cool suit, Dad. Cool suit, Dad. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks. Go. You go back to bed now. You go back to you bed. Go inside, you go back scamp. to bed now. Oh, you little scamp. He's Don't. like, baby, it's not over with yet. I got to go. And she's completely fine with it. Yeah, like my you, wife you know, would be freaking out right now if I go all about with that Mortal Kombat life. No. Oh my god! So now we get not even the tournament, but now we get the big fights. And what happens is Cole, who is a new character who's made up for this movie, tells the God of Thunder the plan, and the God of Thunder and Liu Kang are going to listen to the plan, and they're going to transform people and separate them. This is shoehorned in, if that is even explained the most. It's well, so ridiculous. Well, because at the beginning of the movie, they had some rolling text after um, the epic Sub-Zero uh, Scorpion fight scene, saying that Outworld was about to take over Outland, whatever. Outworld. Outworld about to take over Earth Realm. And it is prophesized that there is a descendant of the Hanzo uh, 
Hashashi clan that will is prophecies to save the the earth from being taken over. And this is one such descendant is Cole Young that we find out. That's um who whose relation is is you know and I, I would assume that he's had that mark passed on through the family as well too. So Stupid. I wonder if his daughter will get it one day. So then everybody gets to do a fight. Liu Kang fights Cabal. I kind of wish those two didn't fight against each other. Sonya fighted Kano. And a, a, Eric, did you find the Sonya Kano fight to be really dark, meaning lightly lit? I could barely see what was going on. Oh, yeah. It, it um, was done in her trailer. Right. And I could not see what was going on. Because Raiden was able to teleport. It's his magic power is he's able to teleport anyone anywhere at any given time. And so when they were going to fight, because the plan is that uh, they're going to take them all on one by one on one versus one on one versus one on one, you know, right? kind of individually just pick them off. And then they would um, get together and fight Sub-Zero as a team because, you know, friendship forever. Right. Not thinking that one of them could die exactly. from a battle with the foe. Hey, you go and fight the foe, you're clearly going to win because you're the hero, and then we're going to team up against Sub-Zero, who is the big bad. No, Sub-Zero is not the big bad. Rewrite this script and make Goro the big bad, you fools. <laughs> but anyway... Um, or make Shen, Shang, Shang Tsung the, the big bad, you know, if you wanted to do I mean, that too. Yeah, follow the game and make Goro the sub-boss and make Shams, Shang Tsung uh, the main boss. Whatever, just do something. Not Sub Zero, Sub Zero. Anyway, so we are going to go back to the beginning because all this happens. All the heroes win the fights, which we all knew. They get their superpowers, some very stupidly, if that's a word. And then we get Cole's family abducted by Scorpion. We go to the gym where Cole was fighting. And Scorpion and Cole have, I'm sorry, Sub-Zero and Cole have a fight. Cole is losing. And then I'm going to read to you exactly what Wikipedia says because this is how stupid it is. Okay? Uh-huh. Sub-Zero lures Cole to his family. On a one lures? On one he lures his, his family to one-on-one -on -one fight, and he's overpowered. Then Cole's blood... Ends up on the Kunani, uh, the spear, releasing Hanzo from Nether Realm as the vengeful Specter Scorpion. Bullshit. <laughs> so you're telling me that all you needed to do was to have, and all these times since 1600, that a descendant of of of, of Hanzo needed to just cut their hand like a blood brother pack onto the spear and then boom scorpion is now born to fight against sub-zero i mean bullshit that's, bullshit there's, there's been worse ways to unlock some sort of ancient pandora's box there jordan but it's bullshit you know rubbing a lamp gets you three wishes okay what do you think of the scorpion sub-zero fight part two is it better than the than the opening Scorpion Sub-Zero fight. Yeah, well, in, in many ways, it was in its own. Listen, th this was awesome. This is, you know, I, I want more of this. You know what I mean? 
this is what I, 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 I wanted, and it was really cool. I enjoyed it. I, ho I hope you did too, Jordan, because there's some really cool scenes that was just, you know, we got to see a lot of Sub-Zero doing his ice uh, actions. We got to see an ice clone. You know, uh, it was just... Uh, oh, Scorpion's moves too. We got to hear him obviously say, get over here, another fan service. We got to see him just kind of fling the, uh, the, the dagger and the rope. It was just really cool just to see them just kind of go at it and really just see the game live. Absolutely. 100%. And I was really shocked that they did the Hellfire Fatality where he took off his mask and uh, became a skull and, and burned Sub-Zero. Yeah. Uh, I found that absolutely fun. Um, I didn't think that this fight could beat the opening of the, uh, of the movie, but this, move, but, this, but this fight does. That's why I'm going back and saying, like I did in the beginning of this episode, everybody, the movie should have been this because the beginning fight with Scorpion and Sub-Zero and the ending fight with Scorpion and Sub-Zero is the highlights. It's the best. Everything else in between is literally bullshit. Yeah. It, it, it's literally is bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. This this really made the movie. You know, it was a nice... Uh... A uh, nice way to end it. It was really what I um, I was happy with. I think that's probably why I wasn't completely like hating on this movie because I I got to see that. You know, there were a lot of things that you wanted to see in this movie that you wanted to expect in this movie. Obviously, the characters fighting each other, doing signature moves, catchphrases, or, or the the one-liners are always good. The, the the environments are always good, but that is something. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it, it's it's the lifelong, it's the spy versus spy. You know, right? Absolutely. I thoroughly enjoyed this a lot. It was great. I found it a little annoying that Scorpion kept on removing his mask and he had to have the black teeth. But hey, whatever. That was uh, weird. He did remove his mask like like five times. times. Yeah, it, it was, was weird. No, it, was, it was a little excessive. You just just you, what do you, yeah. you keep it on or, or keep it off? Yeah. What do you pick one? Keep it on. Keep it off. Do what you got to do. Um, I I. I I am a fan of classic, so I don't like the look of Scorpion in this. I like the look of Sub Zero. I don't like the look of Scorpion with the hood. That's the more of the modern games now. I kind of like just the yellow ninja myself, but it was fun. It was entertaining. Not as entertaining as then the movie Raiden bans Shang Tsung. So Shang Tsung's having a fight, which is crazy. And then Cole is departing for Los Angeles. To look for Johnny Cage's crotch because that's all we get at a movie poster. Hell yeah, the real star of the movie. Right. So I completely forgot that Johnny Cage wasn't in this because I mean, I, I can't believe it, but he was not. And the movie ends literally with the scene of Cole walking by a poster, and all it is is Johnny Cage's crotch down because he's an action star to be booked. Now we know there's going to be a sequel. This movie was made for $55 million. Now this movie opened up on HBO max and in movie theaters in America and it grossed in movie theaters, $51.1 million. This movie is the most profitable movie since COVID. We're clearly going to be a sequel. The actor that has played Bihan slash Sub-Zero has said he signed on to do four more. So we know he's going to play noob Cybot clearly. Uh, he was wearing all black towards the end when he got the Hellfire. Uh, there's definitely going to be a sequel. Um, with I think it's going to be Cyber Ninjas next time. Cyrax, yep. Sector, Smoke. I think that's what's going to come next. Yeah. Um, um, oh, no, he was the Orange Ninja. 
Orange? No, Cyrex was yellow. No, no, no. no he was the yellow uh, robot, but like Ermac or Emrac or something? Ermac was red. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, obviously the focus are having around Sub-Zero and Scorpion works. That's what's on the poster of the movie is them two doing the uh, the face-by-face thing. The familiar orange and blue color scheme poster that we see in basically every movies now. All the movies now. Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think Aladdin was the other comparison. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, right. it, you know, it's it's the color that you use for a poster. Right. Right. All right. So, Eric, let's get into it real quick. Um, I'll go to mine first. I don't know if this is a small or a large. And what I mean at that for my popcorn reading is that <laughs> it's if, actually uh, to, to cut you off. That's probably the best way to put it. It is. You're 100 percent right, because it can't be a medium, because I feel if I give this movie a medium, not only am I cheating myself, but I'm cheating the fans who listen to our show. It's like, of course they give this a medium. Of course they do, you know, because it's neither it's it's lukewarm. This movie is very lukewarm, but I feel like I have to make a decision because it cannot be a medium because that's the obvious choice. This either is a large or a small. It deserves a small because the plot is god awful. I would argue that the plot from 1995's original is a thousand times better. Uh, The acting is no better. The special effects are way better. Uh, Sub-Zero in the beginning with Scorpion is amazing. The Especially at the end is amazing. They bastardize a lot of characters. And they, and they introduce characters that introduced in later games that have no reason to be in here. Um, so many other characters you could have put in this movie. Like Baraka, who's been in since number two. Uh, just, just as an example. That would have been um, cool. You know, just something... You know, kill Baraka. Who cares about Baraka? You know, just just do that. You know, instead of having these weird characters that are not even playable in the other games. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Kane, who's always been my favorite. I always played as two characters in Mortal Kombat in the games. I always played as Luke Kane. I always played as Sub Zero. Uh, they did one of them justice, and the other one they just absolutely destroyed. But I think the problem for me is: is this a large or is this a medium? Because I can't, I'm sorry, is it a larger or a small? Because I cannot give it a medium because that's obvious. Um, judging from the 1995 movie, this is a large because it's a better movie. It's not great. As a movie itself, it's bad. But put this on the screen next to the 1995 movie. This is more entertaining. This is better fights, better action, better CGI. This movie is better than the original. And I just really feel like giving a medium is a cop-out. So, um, yeah, a large. See it. If you're a Mortal Kombat fan, see it. If you're not, if you like Kung Fu, you're going to get that. This movie sucks at so many levels. Um, this movie's expendables. It's trash. It's junk food. It's soda. It's This is terrible. But... I cannot give it a small just because of the beginning and the end. I mean, these fights are great. So a large bag, see it if you must. Eric, do you share my opinion for your popcorn rating? <laughs> like, I I totally do. Here's here's the thing, and I'm laughing as I say this, is because it, it really is, like, so truthful. This movie is, like, from those, from all accounts, not a good movie. It mm. I should give it a small bag, and I think I will, 
But here's the thing is that I feel like I'm going to regret it later. Is that um, this movie is one of those where it's it's so... It's almost like aware of how bad it is that it makes it fun. Okay. And I had a fun time watching this movie. I'm watching it again. You know, yeah. it, it's it's just a fun movie. The fight scenes are great. The CGI is way better than the than the original one. The, the shitty techno isn't in this one, and that's fine because that would might get a little too much on the you know the third or the fourth watch. There, you're just like, okay, that's that's getting to be a little loud, you know, mute, right? Mute during that or something like that. But like there was there was all the gore that I wanted that I didn't get in the first one too. The story was goddamn trash. Goro needs more more screen time. What the fuck? I agree with you completely, dude. For having to get for him to get taken out because he was going towards the the mom and the daughter who was tra- trapped in a truck instead of finishing off fucking Cole Young, the only person fighting him. He heard mm-hmm. some screams. He's like, "Oh, I better go kill the damsels now." Mm-hmm. Fucking dumb. He deserves to die, along with the writer who wrote his part in that this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. But it was still a good time. And as I'm shitting on it and and saying that how ridiculous uh, the Shang Sun character was, and how all these uh, the low level baddies there that were able to get killed, the expendable bulls themselves, I guess. At the same part, I'm telling you, I'm gonna watch the sequel. Mm-hmm. When they make oh, yeah. this, you better believe I'm going to watch the sequel. Yeah, you are, because we're going to have to review it. <laughs> it's it's just one of those, I don't know, like those sci-fi movies, that, like a Sharknado, where it's just it's just fun because it it doesn't try to be anything but. Those cliches do help because it it helps you just kind of identify what kind of a a crummy or cheesy movie that this would be. You know, it's not the actor's fault and they did a great job of what they were supposed to do. Kano was a fun uh, character. Sonya was a badass and she had her moments and that was pretty cool too. She got her powers a little too early, but whatever, I'm going to excuse it. She's a badass in it too. Uh, you know, Kung Lao was really cool, but unfortunately he got a shit death. Um, I wanted more Cabal uh, just because he's a cool character too. And, you know, it's it had a little bit of everything in here too. Uh, but, some bigger characters would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Some some but, more some more you know power to to the crew would have been would have been nice. Or maybe even like you know a, an introduction to the Mortal Kombat to have that be your open ending rather than it be Johnny Cage. Absolutely, because here's the thing. Here's my question before you give your rating, though. You said that you agreed in the beginning of your rating that I mean this is either a large or a small. A medium is a cop out. So you said you were going to give it a small, probably. Yes. But saying what you just said, though, you're going to give this a large, I bet, aren't you? Because it's I, just that much fun. The, here's the thing, though, is that like even though I had fun with this movie, it doesn't make it a good movie. I had a good, a good time good watching a bad movie, movie, Jordan. But is it a good Mortal Kombat movie? Is this better than the original? Oh, this movie played like goddamn Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, no. Come on now. Come on. I'll fight you on that. This is not a night. That's exactly what I'm saying. You will fight me on it because that's all they fucking did in the other movies where they're just like, they cut to it. it every scene that they cut to is another fight scene. It was it was just over and over and over. And we that was the second half of this movie. It was kind of senseless fighting. But here's the thing. I enjoyed it because it was fun to watch. They did a good job with it. and It was gory as fuck. It was it was, you know, it was well done. Like, 
I, I I liked it. That's the reason why I would watch this again. I wanted though the the uppercut to the pit. Like that would have been cool. Um, I got okay. to see some the buzz saw uh, from mm-hmm. from Kung Lao's hat. That was pretty cool. We got, I wanted to see more fatalities. You know, we got to see Kano pull out a heart from the reptile. The reptile. Yep. That that was a great thing. He even says that too. Doesn't he say fatality and oh, Kano says, wins? Kano wins. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's absolutely I, awesome. We had to see a bicycle kick from Liu Kang. You know. Yeah, we did. So and we get to uh, see the dragon too. So yeah, we had to see that dragon, which was pretty dope too. Um, but. Again, like the, the the villains were were dumb. Um, Raiden was just kind of there, you know. I, I don't know what he was trying to do. Uh, he did it better than Chris Lambert, though, or Lambier, or whatever. I I still have to give it a small a small bag. The uh, acting is bad, dude. But here's the thing. Again, I encourage people to watch this movie at least once. Okay, I mean, f- fair enough. I, was, I enjoyed I was the f bombs in the get... movie too. I think the f bombs they were that was necessary as well too. They probably knew that they were going to get it already with the blood and guts, so they're just like fuck it. Let's just go to town, right? I mean, I will disagree with you on the small bag. That's fine. I will totally disagree with you. This is annihilation because this movie at least was shot well. It was acted better, and it had better effects than annihilation. Annihilation was Batman and Robin. okay. I mean, here's it an was example. Poor. Let me give you something real quick to. to the dinner scene where Kano gets his powers. He, okay. They're basically talking about, like, well, when am I going to get my powers? Well, you just have to do the thing. It's like, well, I've been doing the thing. Well, you just have to do more of the thing. And then Kano goes, well, I want my powers now. And he gets his powers. That's 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 not what happens. That's exactly the, what happens. That's not I, what happens. I, I saved you eight minutes, everybody. Listen to this. That's not what happens. But I'm not going to explain it to the fans. You will be the judge of yourself. What Eric just explained does not happen. That's exactly what happens, Jordan. Okay. Kano well, gets I... his power, and then he laughs, and he goes, Ha-ha, I got my power. They all call him worthless, and they bully Kano. That's what they have. They lunchroom bully off, Kano, so and, he, get... and he pouts yeah. and cries until he gets his power. Because that's what they knew. They knew he was weak, and they knew that they just needed to bully and piss him off so that he would help. It doesn't matter. Excuse me, everyone. I missed. I missed the the deep meta uh, uh, writing of the script when Kano gets his powers. Then <laughs> you're right. Oh, I hate that scene. That that pissed me off because I even said that out loud. Uh, look behind the scenes. I dropped my daughter off to school, and I started this at seven forty-five in the morning uh, with an egg McMuffin and a black coffee. And that scene comes on, and I say out loud by myself, it's just me and the dog. I'm just like, they're going to bully him until he has his powers. Aren't they? Sure enough. Yep. God. Yeah. And then for Cole Young and he just needs a good ass kicking and he, Lord knows he gets his ass kicked every, uh, everywhere he goes. Actually, not as, as enough as Kano does. Kano gets no. his ass tossed around quite often in, in this movie. Quite often, and it's pathetic, but we well, you know what we not is doing what we hope that's not pathetic is our show for you fans. We appreciate you guys downloading us so much. We're not even halfway through our sixth season here, but we got some awesome shows coming your ways, including our 90s horror series continuing. So we're excited to bring you that. Like always, check us out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com on all the social media platforms. Thank you so much for downloading us, and we'll be back next week for another awesome episode. Have a good night.